Apple's mixed reality headset is now official, and it is definitely something to behold. We're talking about the Apple Vision Pro in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, what it is, the tech behind it, and why you would want one in the first place. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Michael Simon and Jason Cross. Apple's WWDC keynote was on Monday. And we've had some time to think about Apple's announcements, and there's a ton to talk about. So I'm going to just dive in. Just because you went to the keynote, we're going to call it Dub Dub now, Roman? Is that, is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so uh, for people who don't know, I think people know this by now. Apple likes to call WWDC Dub Dub. Well, like, kind of like outside of the keynote, like all, like Tim Cook calls it WWDC. Sure. At yeah, least on like stage he does. Yeah, like <laughs> Apple enthusiasts and and employees yes. and stuff call it Dub Dub, and it drives us nuts. <laughs> I almost said all the young people like to call it Dub Dub because it's, not, it's actually quite the opposite. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Plenty of not. It's just the it. If you if you buy into the whole Apple cult thing, it's the faithful. It's the it's the dyed in the wool like Apple fans call it dub dub. Yeah, like it's some sort of like inside thing, and it's yeah, and it's just kind of lame. It's just a hard. It's hard to say WWDC. I get it. It is. But. I get it. But yeah, calling it dub dubs, there's sort of a cringe factor to it to me. But it is. It's cringy. Yeah. And I went to the keynote and all the security staff, all the concierges, all the all the people who were there to help would say, Welcome to Dub Dub. And I must have heard yeah, it. I think that, I think they, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> or else they probably get fired. <laughs> and I must have heard it like a couple hundred times on one day. But Anyways, we we have a lot to talk about, so we're just going to dive in head first, and that's kind of my way to introduce the main topic for today's show, the Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, it was a two-hour keynote, and it had all the usual stuff, and we're not going to talk about, like, we will save Met new Macs and stuff for, like, next week and all. The, the big thing is Apple Vision Pro, which Roman, you got to, you got eyes on, ha- heads on, whatever you call it. He, he's just just returned from his demo. Like we we haven't even talked to him about it yet. Yes. So I just got back from Apple. Uh, I have not talked to Jason and Mike about my experience with it. Here's the thing: my mind was so blown away that I am still kind of processing or it i i'm sort of mentally recovering sounds like a derogatory term yeah but no no not at all i i it makes sense to me honestly because you're 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 putting you're 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 entering like a different space that makes sense. right it it was a whole different realm of uh, see it's gonna sound hyperbolic and i i try to pick my words carefully but i'm just gonna say it it felt like a whole different realm of reality that i was in at times, it was quite emotional. At times, it was extremely thrilling. At times, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that they need to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, it was such a dynamic and such a extreme and it's such a impressive 
demo, and we have to, have to, have to say, it was a controlled demo. They told me what to do. I did it. They didn't give me free realm to do whatever I wanted. But you were doing it. Like, it wasn't like a, like a canned demonstration. Like, you were actually right. interacting with the device. I was using apps. I was watching it, movies. I was- Yeah, it was tracking yeah. your eyes. You had to- Yes. I want to say click on stuff. It doesn't click. It's you're pinching your fingers. But first of all, Roman is 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 not easily impressed. <laughs> out. Right. I, I, um, you I'm, know. I'm of two minds I, about this. One, I, Roman hasn't used a lot of other VR no, stuff. No. But two, uh, you're you've been around and seen so many products at so many times with so much hype hype behind them that like you, you'll you, you tend to see something and go like eh. Like I okay, but in a year <laughs> more so than gonna, more so than, than myself another. or Jason. Yeah, it's Roman, just going to be another product, right? You know, uh, so it's, it's not impressive. But right. are you wait? All right, wait, hold on, Roman. Before we jump into that, I just want to ask about your glasses. Yes, and and how they handle that. So okay, yeah. So I can get into more logistics of how, of how what how that works. But just to cap it off, in terms of my overall impression, and then we'll start diving more into detail. When I saw, well, I was at the iPhone reveal, and I thought, "Oh, that's so cool! This is going to be neat." This Apple Vision Pro surpassed that. At the same time, once I kind of like had some time and space away from it, I thought, "If Apple can pull this, I, I, I realized Apple has to be able to pull this off because." And we'll talk about the market how other headsets have not been able to gain momentum and things like that. So it, it, it may, it might, I think this is the coolest thing I've ever seen Apple do. So Mike asked about the glasses. So when I went to Apple, um, what they did was the first thing I did was I met with this person who took my glasses and basically checked my prescription and my, my prescriptions I guess a little more complicated. I thought it was really, I think it's really complicated because I have, uh, from, for people who, uh, uh, here's our personal reveal about myself. I have astigmatism. I have a uh, really bad nearsightedness. I've worn glasses since the sixth grade. Um, I, I've tried wearing contacts, but they just didn't work for me. Um, and I currently wear, uh, bifocals, transition lenses. So, um, so I thought this would be a big wrench in the whole setup and fitting, but they were like, "No, we got this." So they yeah, took my glasses. Yeah, I mean, astigmatism's just your eye isn't round. It's it the the left, right, and top bottom is it's squished in one direction or another. So that's not hard. The lens geometry has to account for that anyway. Yeah, and um, Jason, you probably even know more. You more about because you have more experience with the AR headsets. Does that even come into play? Does astigmatism even because with the uh, experience so close to your eyes, it it does, and in exactly the same way any other glasses do. If your glasses don't account for astigmatism, things will just be slightly warped, and you won't know. You you won't really even be able to see it. You'll just you, you might get a headache or something like. Things will just not be. If you looked at a perfect circle or a perfect square it would seem slightly too short or too wide right. like that that's so that's astigmatism I, and just in one eye and that can really mess with your yeah. headaches and stuff okay 
Um, most other headsets and stuff let you wear your glasses underneath, whatever glasses you would yeah. use for close up reading. Right, right. So that's what they're doing with the whole transitions things. They just take whatever's the the part you use for close up reading. That's your thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's uh, I my understanding is that there's been people with some pretty strong prescriptions. It hasn't been a problem. They were able to ha- they have lenses that account for it. They the whole Zeiss lens thing is apparently to sell prescription. You have to have a license to sell prescription lenses. Because it's like there's there's legal ramifications. There's like insurance and stuff like for you driving cars and all. So they had to find a partner that would do that. That's why you have to get these Zeiss things. We don't know what they'll cost. I wonder what they'll cost, but a lot of people will. Yeah, did they, I'm assuming they didn't give you any indication of that, Roman. So one of the I asked about that, and what they their answer was: we'll be releasing details in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you could take that as that will. In other words, it's an additional cost too. Yeah, m- more or less than an iPhone Pro <laughs> is what you know. Like it's, it could be five seven hundred dollars, maybe maybe a thousand, depending on how complex these are. Like entire, these are just just for the lenses. Like like entire glasses are less than that. <laughs> Even high right, end well, expensive. We're, we're talking we're talking Apple here, you know. Yeah, plus, but these can only be used for this one thing. It's literally only enables you to use their other thirty five hundred dollar (laughs) device. So, yeah, here's a question, Roman. So, so the so the glasses or the lenses they they are magnetic. Did you see how they attach? Like, yeah, they basically just kind of snap into. They just kind of pop in and then pop out. Right. Yeah, and you know the user can remove them, which. And they've talked about how for for a lot of people who don't need glasses, you can just remove them and they can use it. So what I asked them about user accounts. It's basically attached to a single user and there's a guest account. I'm just thinking for $3,500, you better be able to hand it to your spouse and let them watch a movie in 3D or something. Yeah, at Like least, even if they right, can't use right. all of your stuff and everything, they, totally they better agree with do that. something. <laughs> So they wouldn't provide details as to all that, how that all works uh, using other accounts, but they just said there is the main account and the guest account. Uh, So essentially two accounts. Uh, So then you have to go through a head fitting, which is basically kind of like the face ID setup. It's similar to that, except there's just like this one additional step where you have to turn your head from side to side so it could see your ears. Which is similar to the personalized audio setup. In um if you do the personalized spatial audio with like AirPods 2, you gotta you're using the true depth camera to like take images of your ears so it can do so it sounds like it's sort of a combination of those. You're you're talking about the thing you use your iPhone first to it, it kind of measures your head so that it knows which light blocking gasket thing to put right right okay. you know so yeah so sizing your head is important so they can get the proper gasket so they can make sure what do they call it uh i don't remember what it, i think they called it like light, a, light seal light, or light something seal. like that. yeah light seal exactly light seal the, to get a proper light seal and um we asked them about somebody asked them about that the light seal thing and they made it sound like it's not just a small, medium, large. 
but they do the work that so that it fits properly. I yeah, don't that's, know that's what that what entails. they indicated in the keynote too. They they kind of implied that it was like had contours to yeah. match each individual face. Yeah, and it's yeah. removable and, and that part is detachable and you put it on and uh I saw some account where somebody said there's they have dozens of them now and they're in the process of figuring out like when they go to market which ones are they going to have. Right. Like because yeah. they're not going to have so every little edge case, but they they want to have most people fit. So yeah, and what are they going to include with it, and so on? They I don't know that they know. So and then I was told told that uh, you can do fittings at an Apple store. You know the details are coming as to how that will work in the Apple store. So, what the representative says, it will vary from store to store because obviously some stores are bigger than others. So, whether they, uh, how they can accommodate the fitting will work. You can do it online. When it comes to the glasses part, you have to get a, you get a prescription and you hand it over to Apple. The construction of the device itself, it seemed like top quality, what you expect from Apple. It didn't seem, these didn't feel like beta products. Uh, even though they were, or maybe they were in alpha, I should ask them. Should I ask them <laughs> that? But um, I'm curious about the weight. Was it he- was it front heavy? Because it's metals. Most of these are plastic. Yeah, and, just and for there's no reasons. there's no like over the head straps. So there that. are. They there is a, there is them, one head strap, but there is one. Yeah, yeah. There's one head strap. Is so there is a the big strap that you see that goes behind your yeah. head, and then there's a Velcro strap that goes across the top of your head. Oh, they didn't show that in any so, of No. No, Most because it obstructs the view. And they emphasized that it was a modular setup. So I asked them, so will, will there be different varieties of these headbands? Like, could I get, a, I just made up, can I get a leather back headband? And they didn't say no. They didn't say yes. But they said it is a modular setup. And that opens up opportunity. I want the the uh, Hermes leather <laughs> double or uh, head strap. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I put it on, uh, the weight was supposed to feel like it was evenly distributed, but 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 it wasn't. So I did some adjustments, and my demo with them was about an hour. I didn't tire after that hour, but when I took off the head strap. There's that effect of like, you know, when you yeah. work out with weights, yeah, and you do you've sure. done a bunch of sets, and then you have this feeling of um, I don't know what the like like, like weightlessness, yeah, yeah. Like, like your arms are like floating because they're they're free, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I had that kind of feeling yeah. in my in my neck in my head a little bit after using it mm. for a while after okay. using it for an hour, um. But I did not okay. feel tired. I didn't have any neck soreness. I didn't have any pain or anything like that. It was quite comfortable. But I think my light seal wasn't proper because I could see light from the room coming through where my nose meets the uh, okay. visor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't really an exact fit, but you know, it was a demo and. Uh, in some of the accounts read that they said that the the clarity, the sharpness of all the interface and text and everything inside is so good that like the the videos that they showed of people use you know where 
they show the, this floating screens and stuff like the, during the keynote and stuff. That stuff is usually like CG, like a uh, not representative. And, and what I heard is no, it's such high quality that they just use the actual real assets of the interface for that. And it really does look that sharp. Is that kind of your experience? Images and the UI overall, I, I was really impressed by the design, how it looked. Um, to me, like using Safari, uh, reading a, a web page in Safari, the text looked good. I noticed a little bit of a fuzziness, but I don't know if that was because of my eyesight or, you know, because maybe the lenses weren't perfect or whatever. Uh, it wasn't fuzz. It wasn't bad enough to make me go, "Oh my, that's not acceptable." It was. It was good enough. Uh, it could have been a little sharper, but it, but it didn't detract from the overall experience. And when it did, like like I said before, I've never u- really used these uh, AR VR headsets. When I first entered the operating system. I think I gasped. I gasped. I audibly went, whoa. Because, because it was now, just, just this, Could you, you know, see the room? I could uh, see the point, room. Um, you could see the room. Okay. I could see the room and having this floating palette of apps in front of me. Yeah. And I, I can say I've never experienced that. Like I've, I've, I've used VR. I've never experienced that where. Um, like I did a, a HoloLens demo, but it was very, it was very specific. But I've never just strapped on a thing and and, and had like these elements just kind of. HoloLens is that's like Minority Report stuff. Field of view is incredibly narrow. Yeah, it's diff- like there's like yeah, a little postage different. stamp in the middle of your look into the world in which they can put graphics. So, um, I've used several of these things that have that video pass through before. It's it's pretty janky. I hear this one is great it's not quite like not wearing anything on your head but everything is full color sharp enough for you to read your watch use your phone you could use your could you use your phone with this thing on yeah that's a good question i didn't try like, that so or, or, or i'm just saying supposed like to be able to right have you looked at any did you look at your watch or anything where you were like have right, to or see like something, notes or something like i didn't do that during the demo that wasn't part of the demo uh, they didn't have like, yeah, because there's supposed to be that thing where it's kind of, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's called a transparency mode or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you can see the real world break through the, the UI. So like when I was in the home, home screen, there were the, the display, the palette of apps. And if you look at the icons and just have the background, your periphery, You'd have a hard time telling that that's actually just a video screen that you're looking at. You're not looking at the real, but then if, then if you focus off to and look at the background, you you can tell. You can tell that you're looking at a video screen. It's a very good video screen. It's very high fidelity, but you know we we've looked at we've looked at high quality displays before, and we can tell the difference between looking at reality and looking at a screen. And you can, you can tell if you focus on it, but when it's on the, more on the periphery, it's harder to tell. Then there's the UI. I don't know if other VR headsets have a similar UI. It's very much, you don't have to use any instruments. 
You can if you want to. If you want to use a trackpad, you can. If you want to use a keyboard, you can. But they have all, I don't remember how many cameras, but they have all these cameras and you're basically waving in the air and you're using your, so here, so here's, so when the home screen came up and I had my palette of um, apps, my first instinct was to tap and tap and uh, push an icon because that's what we do. We do that with our iPhones, but you don't do that. What you do is you look at the icon and then it activates because there's the eye tracking. You make like a little pinch motion. And then you make a pinch motion to do the, to do the clicking or, t- or yeah. activating whatever you're doing. Um, um, some of the other AR headsets and stuff uh, like the Magic Leap and stuff kind of do this. You you point your head at it and you, you have to make a gesture. What Apple appears to be doing better than anyone else by a mile uh, is two things. Number one, the eye tracking is like next level. Like nobody's even close to accurately knowing where you're looking. It's it's not even – it's like a, a, everything – everybody else is a joke compared to what – and Apple's is just like spot on all the time. And the other is the stuff you do with your hands. All the other headsets have cameras that do that, but they kind of face forward. So, you're you're doing these things up in front of you, which is like I'm holding my hands up in front of my f- – head face like the whole time i'm using this it gets very tiring yeah and this yeah. apparently you can have your hands in your lap yeah and do all your pinches and stretches and swipes and stuff yeah. like that did you uh did you try it in that way did you try it with like a relaxed hands in my lap just not even just chilling on the couch for an hour <laughs> yeah so i did put my hands into like you know i had my hands up kind of like a conductor because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Well, but you're also like it's in front of you, so you naturally want to reach out and grab the stuff. Yeah, I get that. But then my the Apple representative I was with was like, "You don't need to do that," you know. So I made a conscious decision. You would think they would tell you the other thing, like, "No, no, no, you put you to put your hands out here. What are you doing?" <laughs> so I made a conscious decision to just keep my arms down and just you know when I needed to raise my arm up and then pinch and then drag whatever and then put my arm down and even keep my arm down and do those same gestures and it and it worked the whole time and like Jason said the eye tracking was uh a lot better than i expected i i you know i was just trying to do different things to see if it was truly tracking my eye and it i, I had a hard time crossing it up and having it not work properly as soon as i understood how to use the interface my first thought was oh this is going to take me a while to get used to it but after about 20 minutes it all came very naturally especially because um especially when i was comfortable with not having to raise my hands up all the time when i was able to keep Mm -hmm. my hands down and just used a UI, that felt a lot more comfortable. I I think the idea of like, that you have to keep your hands up creates this sort of consciousness in you, you know, that you can't, you can't relax and just use the UI like it's supposed to. So, um, the UI was a lot smoother than I expected. Now, I only did things like launch an app, swipe pages, uh, I did not do any typing at all. And as I understand it, the typing works like, the, the, you know, you can use a physical keyboard, but there is also a on-screen keyboard 
And what you do is you look at the key and then you make the pinching gesture to type the type the key. So I wondered how well that would how long that would take to adjust to because for a lot you're of people you're not hitting anything and you know for a lot of people typing on a keyboard is now, you know, second nature because you know they don't have to look at, you know, it's it's, it's a different kind it's a very different way to type. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that that works. Yeah, it's I did see an account from somebody who had brought up the keyboard and it's like you look at e- you can look at each key and do your little pinch gesture to to type in like that. You can use a bluetooth keyboard, you can just use like a Mac keyboard. Um, but they didn't try that. If you want to type, you can look at and you can see your hands and the keyboard clearly enough to for that to work. Um but also that you can just look at a text field and select it and then start talking and it's yes. going to use the same transcription that is in iOS 17, the new transcription with the new transformer model that's supposed to be really good just to, to talk and fill in stuff. So I think that they're relying on voice a lot. I'm curious, I'm very curious how this is going to work with sort of accessibility features. Like I know this is early. It's we're more than six months out from the version one product ever releasing, but by the time this is two or three years old, they're going to have all these accessibility things for people with disabilities, and I'm curious how that's going to work. Yeah, that I, I asked them about that. I asked them, "What about somebody who has low vision or someone who's blind in one eye?" And the response was, "That's something we're looking into." Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So they had nothing official yeah, I mean, to announce about that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. First of all, there's, there's there's ten months likely between now and the release date. And number two, those are those are massive problems to solve and can't really be taken quickly or lightly. Like you have to, if you're gonna do that, you got to get it right. So I'm not surprised they didn't. They're kind of saying like, listen, we're gonna we're gonna work on that a little bit more. But I'm quite certain that if not the first generation, by the time it becomes a product that people are using, it will absolutely be one of the major things that they address. They always have. And in some ways, it's just by default, it is uh, a, a good accessibility experience for people with certain issues. Like the fact that you don't have to wave your arms around or have precise motor control in your arms, you basically just kind of pinch and zoom with your fingers and the rest you do with your eyes means that people with certain like palsies or shakes or or don't have fine motor control probably will have an easier time with this than their phone. As long as your eyes, you know, are under control and stuff. So it's kind of interesting. The most intense reaction I had in the demo was with the interactive uh, media that they showed. So they had this little uh, demo reel of um, different scenes. Um, they were fully immersive. So there was one scene where it's it's an aerial scene and you could see the wind having an effect on the water. So you know that effect when like a Say a helicopter is over water, and that I don't know what that effect's called. It's kind of like a strobe effect, kind of. I don't know what this condition is called, but I it actually felt like I was moving, like that, like that, like that Soren thing in Epcot Center. 
that where you're sitting in front of a screen, like one of those rides. Because it was a panning shot, and I felt like I was panning with it. So it, it so I almost felt like I was gonna get, start getting the motion sickness because that's that's the first kind of like gateway towards that kind of feeling. Your eyes and everything are convinced you're moving, but yeah. you're, and your ear isn't. And right. Then, yeah. And right. That, that's what causes it. Yeah. That's what that that R one chip is supposed to alleviate. Yeah. And then we cut to another aerial type scene, and so I still had that feeling. But then we cut to a different scene, and that feeling completely subsided by by then. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if I were to continue on with that. We didn't do anything like a roller coaster or anything like that. Yeah, I thought I figured that would be maybe that's just too intense for these like initial yeah. demos for everybody. They just you know. right. There were a couple scenes where they were up high, and I'm afraid of heights. Oh yeah. So I, I could feel, yeah, my I, I could feel that my body tensed up, and I could feel the adrenaline start to pump a little bit, uh, <laughs> and I actually felt myself leaning away from a ledge, even though. Oh yeah. It, yeah. it was an instant reaction. I started to lean to one side, even though that ledge wasn't really there. That says that sense of what you're calling uh, is presence uh, in VR is uh, really strong, and I've actually seen people try to lean on a VR table that does not exist <laughs> and, yeah. and fall on the floor. Yeah. yeah, people I know, people who are my friends, uh, and then one of my favorite VR experiences is um, like in the, from the very early days of like the HTC Vive and the, the Steam VR stuff and everything was. Um, you, you put basically just a two by four on the floor in your living room and you walk on it. But in VR, you're walking across a board across two buildings and looking down and, and the feeling of the board underneath your feet com- really completes the picture for you. That, that together with the depth reception of your brain and everything, like you really feel like I'm walking across the board. It's, you, you can't possibly fall. <laughs> it's just a board on the floor. But it really feels it feels that way, and it's scary. There's a there's a famous like one of those viral videos of the, of that very thing where the guy like literally jumps into his television because he thinks he's at the end of the board or the, the uh, balance beam. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like someone's filming him doing it, and he just kind of just leaps and breaks his whole television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jason, because I did have this one sensation where um, so. There's this one interactive video that involves dinosaurs, and the opening scene involves a butterfly, and the butterfly flew, flew out, and the person told me to hold my hand up, and the butterfly landed on my finger. And I could have swore I felt the butterfly land on my finger. Now, I know it's my brain mm-hmm. making that feeling up because of the expectation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I was kind of like, so I was a little befuddled for a little bit there, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, there's no butterfly there. But my brain thinks there's a butterfly maybe, there. Maybe and Apple I, actually bites in butterflies into that room when you didn't know it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did they just touch your hand with like a feather? Right. I <laughs> <laughs> would know. Yeah. So then uh, later on in that scene, this dinosaur comes and they asked me to get up. So I got up and I held my hand out and the dinosaur sniffed my hand. And then 
I was quite conscious of my past butterfly experience, so I tried to <laughs> pet the dinosaur. And I, and I was like, I don't feel anything. Okay. So it's, but, you know, it looked like I was petting a dinosaur. And yeah. the thing was, the um, image quality, the fidelity of the, of the screens is so good. It looked real to me because it was just so high fidelity. I mean, we've seen other dinosaurs uh, in computer games and stuff like sure. that. And, yeah. and sometimes they look like 3D. A lot of times they look like 3D models. Just because the uh, image quality was just so good, it, it looked real to me. I was I was kind of psyched out by it. I, I have a question. Is there any you talked about like uh, feeling the butterfly? Is there any sensory feedback at all from the headset? Like a like like haptics or vibration? There's no taptic or, engine or in it. Or there's nothing. Like no. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, the headset does support spatial audio, so there was a scene where like you know the. Sound I was heard over. it's. Uh, I, so one of the accounts said the spatial audio is way better than it is on, say, like AirPods or something. It's very, it's a lot more convincing yes. in terms of its three dimensionality. Did you did you find that to be the case? I, I did, but I wasn't sure if it was because the sound quality or if because it was tied to this visual experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. How they influence mm -hmm. each other. Yeah, kind totally. Of like yeah, so it was. It, it it felt better than it was with AirPods, but I would need to spend more time with it to actually see if it, that's really true or not. Uh, yeah. Just in that short experience. So, the one thing that I did not expect was this whole kind of emotional uh, reaction. So, there were a couple scenes that they showed. Um, there were the, um, what do they call them? Spatial pictures? I don't remember what they're... Videos. The spatial videos. Spatial videos and spatial pictures. And one was of yeah. a um, two kids with a birthday cake. And it felt like mm -hmm. the cake was oh, right there. Oh, they showed there. that on the, in the keynote. Yeah, yeah they, they showed, showed that, that in the yeah. keynote. And that was part of it. And then there was another one where it was like a group of friends. Can you imagine being the one out. taking that? Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> having your headset on, like right in right. front of the cake, going, all right, sweetie, blow out the candles. Like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, it's no weirder than when my dad used to have a suitcase camcorder in the 80s and lug that thing around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cause Hold on. I got to put in 17 face. batteries. Right. Rewind so the weird. tape and wait, wait, wait. I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, you ruin the experience for everybody else having this thing on your face and getting in, and getting in front of everything important to get these videos or pictures. On the other hand, being able to relive that later with that sense of being there in 3D and stuff, it's going to be pretty incredible. Way better than I mean, reliving a photo, right? There are, I mean, there are so many movies, you know, science fiction, futuristic movies where like, like a kid's dead or someone's right. dead and they're reliving this memory in 3D. And like, yeah. We're, we're almost there. Right. Yeah. Because this right. is pretty damn close <laughs> to like, like the end of Endgame yeah. where Robert Downey Jr. has a hologram of himself and he's talking to his kids. Like, we're almost there now. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, and it felt like it felt like I was there, and I started thinking about, oh, you know, you know. I often like to go through the pictures that I've taken and videos that I've shot, and you know, thinking about, oh, my kid was so cute back then, and things like that. And I started thinking, oh my god, you know, the the, the idea that you can relive these, not just 
witness anymore, but be feel like you're in that scene again mm-hmm. was a little was a little emotionally overwhelming. Um, yeah, I don't blame it. I was talking to my son about it last night, and he's a he plays uh, little league baseball, and like we're in the middle of the playoffs. We we just had an intense game the other night, and he immediately went to like, wow, if you had this on Monday. Like we could have watched that game over and like real like because we I mean we took a video of it but it's not the same like yeah that stuff's incredible and I'm sure to witness it for the first time like you did watching it on a keynote stage watching it on the the 2D version of the 3D thing is like okay but to see it in front of you must be like wow yeah, right uh, so one key difference between like the presentation and the demo is the presentation often showed scenes and stuff. And it feels like you're fully immersed. Um, and that's true for the most part when in real life, but you, there is, you still see the, the black border of the goggles around you a lot of the time. Yeah. The field of view is a hundred degrees or something. You know, they didn't, they never said people have asked and they've been cagey about it, but it, it's seem, seems like it's similar to other really high end VR headsets or something in that like. I don't know. You have a hundred, hundred ten degree field of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The demos and the stuff that's on the website make it seem like that's not there. It's all over the place. But it's yeah. all yeah. over the place. But doesn't it? it yeah, there's no, um, there's no tech specs of any no. sort. Yeah, on the website. So yeah, there's they a lot we they gave a number of pixels for the eyes combined, and that was the only thing that I think they. Gave that's in any way like a tech spec, and battery life, <laughs> two hours of battery life. That's that's really the only thing they said that that we know. We know it's got an M one. We don't know. I mean, an M two. We is we don't know anything. Right? Yeah. storage. Yeah, nothing. even the cameras. They said there was twelve of them, but we don't know what what they are. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the battery pack, I did drop it a couple of times. It was on my yeah, lap, a times. and I would knock it off my lap. So you're not, aren't you supposed to put it in your pocket? Or something? I think you're supposed to put yeah, it. In your, or does yeah. it? There's no like like clip or something. There it? wasn't a clip on it. That you know, that's a uh, third party opportunity. Oh, yeah, sure. right. That's probably fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's like the AirTag keychain loop. <laughs> One of my favorite videos from sort of like Twitter and everything was somebody in the audience, developers watching this thing outside on the big screen. And it was the moment they announced the price Oh, and the audience is not happy, right? They're all groaning. <laughs> They're like, it, it's like you could hear the yeah. air being sucked out of everybody's, like the wind out of everyone's sails in that moment. Because it was thirty five hundred dollars. Now they didn't. None of these people have used the thing. Right. They just got done what watching what we watched this great video that's super impressive, and then they said thirty four ninety nine, and everyone went oh like yeah. at once. It's an amazing ripple. But now that you've used it, what? How do you feel about that price? Like n- not market forces and all that other. I mean, we obviously know no matter how good it is, a lot of people can't afford thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. But what do you feel about it? The it justifying its price or whatever. My f- initial reaction after the demo and after thinking of price is was I'm buying one. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I asked about the lenses and the pricing, I I, I started to calm down a little bit because that's <laughs> right. going to well, hike I mean, the price the, up for me. This is exactly what Apple wants. 
they don't want to sell 10 million of these now. No. They want you to want it so badly that you're going to at least consider spending $3,400 on it. And then when it's 2000 or 2500 in a couple of years and it's a little bit uh, – maybe it's a different design, whatever it is, the, the other version they're talking about that won't do as much and won't be as high end, that's the one that everyone's going to buy. It's, it's the iPod effect. Everybody said it was way too expensive. Then their friend got one. And they're like, "Oh, maybe that's pretty cool." And then it, and then the third gen was was uh, uh, the the iPod Mini was two forty nine, and everyone bought one. On my way back from Apple, I kept thinking, "I'm going to buy one, and I'm going to show my family and friends." And <laughs> I'm just going to point so out cool. one more time that Roman is not easily impressed. He does not drop tens of thousands of dollars on Apple stuff. He doesn't have an Apple Watch. No. I have an Apple Watch. To buy it's an, an iPhone one. last year. <laughs> Right. He doesn't upgrade every year. He he this is a uh, high praise for Apple Vision Pro. High praise. This product totally blew me away and not just for so many ways in in so many ways that I'm still, you know, even though I've talked for over 40 minutes now about it, I'm I still feel like I haven't expressed how much how well impressed I am by this by this product. Uh, what were your expectations going into the demo? At the worst, I thought I would go in and use it for five minutes and uh, vomit. <laughs> so, and that didn't. And, and maybe the experience would still be good, but that would be in my head that I this I can't use this product. That that would be yeah. that was my worst scenario. Maybe the product would be terrific, but I just can't use it because I physically can't handle it. That was the worst case scenario. The best case scenario I thought was, uh, yeah, it'll be cool, a cool experience, but will it? Here, okay, here's the thing. So I went into this thinking to myself, it's going to have to do a lot for me to like decide that I'm going to use this device to like write an article instead of doing it on my Mac, or mm-hmm. it's going to have to do a lot. For for me to use this fight device to FaceTime with my son instead of doing it on my phone. And I could actually see myself using this device to like write or FaceTime. Did you do that um like that avatar thing? I didn't create an avatar, which made me wonder okay. if it's actually uh working properly. Yeah, maybe it's not ready yeah. yet. Yeah. But I did have a FaceTime call. One? Oh, okay. I had a FaceTime call with another Apple rep. So I didn't get to see what my avatar would look like. I saw her avatar, and it was kind of this weird, uncanny valley kind of effect. Yeah, because it didn't look quite real, but there was enough about it to be passable, and it had these weird kind of uh, automated feeling of motion. Yep. Like when mm. her head would turn, yeah. it felt like an automatic robot kind of thing, or like her eyebrows yeah. would raise, and I'd be like, "Was that real or not? It didn't feel natural, yeah. mm-hmm. but it could have been." So yeah, there was kind of it was kind of odd. It, it wasn't off-putting, and I could see how it can become better. I mean, it's got to be better than uh, what's his name uh, Zuckerberg's uh, feetless avatar thing that they. <laughs> 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 overall I, i'm i'm anxious to see what's going to happen 
between now and the release of this product, what third parties yeah. are going to offer. Um, there's a there's a lot of time. I mean, yeah, ten months yeah. is an eternity. Yeah, and, and I mean, it could be it could have so much more functionality by then. Yeah, too. they showed in the um, you know, the keynote in the video, looking at a Mac and then getting that Mac's display as a big virtual display in, in AR. But that's not something you that was part of your demo at all. No, it was not. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that's pretty neat. Like. As someone who were like all of us, we all work from home. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would do that. I would strap on this thing rather than having a desk cluttered. Right now, I have a screen, I have a Mac, I have, I have all this stuff on my desk. That's like a, yeah. a Mac everywhere you go. A, a, a multi monitor setup yeah. everywhere you go. It's pretty neat. Yeah. The, the the typing concerns me. Like I would have to. I don't know if I could type like an article. On a virtual keyboard like that, I would have a hard time doing that. No, yeah. but you can use a, any well, Bluetooth right. you keyboard. You can just hook up a Bluetooth, Bluetooth keyboard. keyboard. Right. Yeah. 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 Or literally, like, sit in front of your Mac, <laughs> but not and, and but not have your real Mac's display, have your virtual display. Yeah. And you're just literally working on your Mac, but seeing your Mac's display yeah. in, in AR. So, it just ha- how comfortable and how sharp and how well that works how much eye strain there is or isn't would be part of my concern for like how 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 is this for something to actually get work done because as an entertainment device as a content consumption device i think it's going to be mind blowing but i don't think that that's something that i could see spending thousands of dollars to use cuz i wouldn't use it that often right yeah yeah right that makes sense yeah no it totally right. makes if, sense like if you're spending this much it's a daily thing that's why people don't mind spending you know, fifteen hundred bucks on an iPhone because that's a as an everyday right. device. Mm-hmm. You, you're definitely getting your money. You have it with you all the time. It's also everywhere. This is a kind of an at home indoors thing. It has no cellular connection. It's got Wi Fi, but you're, uh, it's it's. I'm sure it works outdoors to to a degree, but it's not meant to map the whole real world and walk around the city and be online. Well, has no has no cellular connection, so it's like you, you got to be on Wi Fi <laughs> to have any real usefulness to to it. So, and that's that's a Gen One thing. I'm certain there's a cellular version coming somewhere down the road. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. People were saying that by the time it comes out next year, the M2 chip will probably be outdated and the m3 will be around i wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. it has an m3 oh I will. we're just yeah. looking at an early version of it in next year if the m3 is out it'll actually the, the shipping device will actually have an m3 instead of an m2 uh, but we'll see. i wouldn't be surprised if it had an m2 i, I think it has to do with I, I don't think it's as easy as dropping in a new chip to kind of re-engineer how they manufacture this thing but it's also about like heat and cost and these sorts mm-hmm. of things. It's probably an M2 clocked at a lower clock or something. There's still Maybe. about to heat up and stuff. And I just don't know how much benefit you get when it's so space constrained to go with an M3. And it might even be an M2 made in a lower manufacturing process, like a might be a three nanometer yep. M2 or something. Maybe, yeah. Where it's, 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 this is that stuff where they don't give specs. We just don't know anything about it. Roman, did you see that uh, eyesight feature where you can see the eyes, the person's eyes through the uh, front screen? They did not. 
have that feature. I don't know if it wasn't ready. They just said uh, they weren't going to. Sh- they, they didn't show it to me. So um, I think it's an interesting idea. You know, the, the idea when they floated that they were going to do this. To me, it felt like, oh my god, this is going to look ridiculous. It doesn't look quite as ridiculous as I thought it would. Um, actually, I think they actually, based on what pictures we've seen, it, it actually looks like it's executed quite well. Yeah, it's about as good as it, as it could possibly be, and I totally understand the point. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a smart one idea. One day, um, one day, these will be glasses. And you'll be looking at someone's eyes while they're looking at someone else. So this kind of just gets that ball rolling of that virtual space where someone's wearing something, but you can still look yeah. at them. And I, you know, I think it's important that to kind of create the sense of being together while you're, you know, immersed in this right, world. Right. Yeah. Or at least lets people know, like if you can't see them, they can't see your eyes, right, and they understand right, that. Right. And if you can, they can look at you and see: Are you looking at me? Are you looking somewhere else? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. And that, or are you, are you even like aware a, I'm in the room? Yeah. 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 There's like a very like like base human lizard brain thing going on there, where we kind of feel the need to do that, and and it disconnects not only for everybody else in the room, but you as a person get disconnected from them. You know, just the fact that I can see the outside world, but I can't. And they don't know that is makes you feel disconnected. It's really weird. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that'll that'll play out because it's expensive. Yeah, like an OLED, an external OLED screen with a lenticular like arrangement, so it kind of has a faux 3D look to it and stuff. Is you know plus all the all the stuff they have for the eye tracking to show that on the outside and everything. That's expensive. That's not a cheap thing they must yeah, think well, that, it's that's important. one thing you can you can look at this device and think all right i understand why it's 34.99 i mean geez oh yeah for there, sure is, there is an insane amount of tech packed in this thing so while the spotlight was on the apple vision pro and i've just droned on for about it for <laughs> almost I, I gotta say it, it was it was it was fascinating Roman. <laughs> it was i mean i've read I've read every account that I could get on this thing because I know I'm not going to touch it until next year. So talking to someone directly and being able to ask questions and to see your experience firsthand was was it was it was a lot of fun. And this yeah. is the most I've ever talked on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably definitely. <laughs> well, we also got updates to iOS. There was other stuff. There, there was other stuff. <laughs> believe it or not, uh, Apple released new Macs, and we're going to save that for another show. Uh, well, I mean, anything following this is going to seem trivial and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to we got to give you a little bit of time yeah. to reflect and to absorb all this yeah. stuff, and then we'll talk about. Um, well, you saw the 15 inch Air. You saw the Mac Pro. Um, they also obviously all the OS stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a ton to talk about. Yeah, there's was, new Mac Studio. Like, uh, it was the yeah. biggest day ever Apple ever had, I believe. As More far than as a two-hour. Yeah, it was a, a ton. You know, we all thought that the OS updates were going to be kind of minor, and maybe they are in the whole scope of things. But there's a lot of stuff there to talk about. Yeah, there's some very cool stuff there. Yeah, I agree. They are. They probably are minor-ish. Yeah. But 
uh, still, still good yeah. stuff to talk about, and to, and things that that'll make our our, our devices better in the fall. Yeah. There's, there's some there's some really fun features coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly iOS 17 will impact over a billion people, and uh, and yeah. Vision Pro is gonna it's gonna be a long <laughs> right. time before it impacts the billion. People. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Or or 10 million people. Right? <laughs> I, I still think they're going to sell out instantly and there'll be a waiting list. I mean, cause they're not, manufacturing is going to be tough. They're not going to make only so many and you know, whatever. But um, I, I think despite the price by the end of next year, they'll be like the top seller VR thing. Right. Cause partly cause it's <laughs> Apple. It right? could be. Right. It's yeah. a very small market yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when the phone came out, they, Steve Jobs' goal, I think, was 1% of the industry and then like 10% within five years. And that's probably a similar goal Apple has now. And I think even at this price is absolutely attainable. If, you know, if this is your reaction, and I'll say it one more time for people who missed the – Roman is not easily <laughs> impressed. No. He's, yeah. he's, he's not at all. Like, you know, not to – I'm not putting him down, but he – you know, he's a realist. Yeah. He doesn't get super excited over this stuff. He's been well, doing it forever. Can, he's seen everything. You can only, as a professional, be at so many launches of, quote, revolutionary products and and live through them and live with them and see how they turn up. To just kind of let it kind of washes over you at some point, you know, even if you know a lot about it. So to, to have Roman just be like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's a lot. Like coming from Roman, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So we'll talk about iOS 17, Mac OS 14, iPad OS, Watch OS. There's even a little TV OS. <laughs> so we'll talk about yeah. that in upcoming episodes because there's, there's a ton to talk about. So be sure to tune in. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 844. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.